Good morning, Rabbi Sai. The topic for discussion this morning <coughs> that was assigned to me is <coughs> named Taking Advantage of the Seminar. I imagine the I imagine to give a little preview, some ideas of what Bezer Hashem will be discussed in these three days before us Bezer Hashem. I must say that this seminar, which is Baruch Hashem number 31, that I, Baruch Hashem, participated and took part in in my lectures and I always try <coughs> that the subject that I'm assigned to to do justice and to speak about what the Bazil Zayn tells me to speak about the subject of today to give a preview of the seminar I think it might be even <coughs> Counterproductive, maybe even destroying. Baruch Hashem, many of us sitting here were already through seminars, previous seminars, and everyone is supposed to enjoy and get what he feels in his own his own heart and his own understanding. I'm not supposed to tell you what to expect. Just yesterday, I came from Eretz Israel, and when you're 11 or 14 hours on the plane. And you talk with people, where are you going? You're going to America to make money? So I said, no, I'm going to lecture. A seminar. A seminar for chilonim, for non-religious. So I know, no, it's for charedim. Seminar for charedim, for religious people. What, what do you tell them? You give them musr? Time uh, uh, Hashem. I said, you're invited to come. Yeah, but I can't now, but just tell, what, what, what do you do? What? And it's not easy to, to explain. <clears throat> I will, with permission of the audience, change the subject. I will change the subject in a way which is called in Lashon Kodesh, no, it's Seifa B'tchilose, to attach a beginning to an end. Instead of introducing to you what to expect for the next three days, I will tell you, let's change, turn this into a symposium. What I personally got and enjoyed from the last 30 seminars that I participated. And I have to admit that many people got this, these benefits out of one seminar. Me, it took 30. For the simple reason that I'm a lecturer. And the Gemara says, it's a very famous Gemara when... You saw chickens, and you bring, you take, you take the blood out of, out, of the, out of the meat. Now the halacha is that when you put salt on unsalted meat, then actually the salt makes the meat absorb the blood. If you put a lot of salt, then it pushes out the blood. And the Gemara says, I did the Torah le miflat bali. When it's busy spitting it out, it doesn't absorb. Now when I come here usually, I'm busy miflat. And I can't absorb. But I must tell you, Rabbi Yisai, that today I came with something very new in my own personal life. Just lately, very lately, I finally realized what benefits I had personally, my own personal life, to the 30 gatherings that I participated and therefore I will change this subject and not to tell you what to expect but to tell you what I personally had 
out of 30 times, coming to America almost specially, most of the time specially, just like today. And what benefits I had from these gatherings? Musr, people don't enjoy Musr, people don't enjoy give Musr. Maybe some people do. Let me just start off with a little story. It's a story that's very precious to me. Maybe everyone knows the story. But it's precious to me because my father, Zayn Gazunt, used to tell us when we were little children. I remember, I didn't hear the story, didn't think about the story for probably over 40 years. And today I was reminded of this Maiseh. It's a famous Maiseh, but I had heard it 40 years ago. The Maiseh is, there was once a Yid who was a tailor by profession. And as the story probably goes, he was a shlemazel and he wasn't very professional. And he used to make mend, uh, mend clothes. And the panosin nishkegangin. And once, obviously that was, things were becoming very bad, he took his, his threads and his needles and his pieces of shmatis. He decided to go around the world and to try to find panosin in other people's homes. No one came to him anymore. And he happened to pass by and he met up with some parrots. And the parrots looked very, very nervous. And the parrots said to him, would you know a tailor around here? She says, I'm a tailor. She says, oh, I have a terrible problem. I just got a command from one of the great ministers of the government that in three days from now, he's making a grand ball and I must be there with all my family. And just two weeks ago, there was a ball, and we all wore our most beautiful clothes, and you can't wear the same dress over again. I'm looking for a tailor desperately to sew for all my family clothes that should be appropriate for the grand ball. Would you do that for me? She says, I'm a simple tailor. I'm not going to... But the man was desperate. He says, then you're my prisoner. I don't have any tailor. He took him to his home. And the man... A scissor in one hand and a tilam in the other hand. And the scissor in one hand and the thread in the other hand. And he made the clothes. And the day came to make the clothes. Everything was just magnif- magnificent, beautiful. My English is poor to express how beautiful the clothes were. Obviously, he got the job. He took, brought over his family. And he became the grand tailor for the parrots. A while later, a few months later, there was a wedding. And of course, he was the one who was invited. And he took the measures of the parrots and his family, all the children, wife, everyone around. And he sold the clothes. And two days before the grand wedding, they all came to measure. Toihu vavoyu. The sleeve was hanging. I remember my father used to tell us this story. The Arbold Gahungan. This was longer than this. But kids, it was, it was disastrous. And the parvitz was angry, as, as can be imagined. He says, if you don't fix these clothes by tomorrow, then let's not say in an honorable... Then that's it. You, you embarrassed me, you fooled me. The man went home crying. And of course, in a Jew in such a position, he runs to the, to the Rebbe, to the Rebbe. He walks into the Rebbe and starts crying, he tells the whole story. What should I do? Even if I could fix the clothes, if I could make new clothes, but what am I going to do in a day or two? One day, I have one day. And the Rebbe says, do what I'm telling you. Take the clothes and open up the stitches. All the clothes, every seam, open up. And then sew it back again in exactly the same place. Exactly the same place. Says Rebbe, it's hanged. Arbel hanged. This one is too short. Do what I'm telling you. Take the clothes and undo the seams and open and sew it again, each stitch in the exactly the same place. And see what happens. He goes back. The Rebbe goes up, the Rebbe goes up. And anyways, there's nothing else he can do. He undoes the seams and he stitches it again and undoes the seam and stitches it. And a day and a half later, the parrot comes in with a cast 
And he says, I want to see my suit. He tries on the suit. It's beautiful. Magnificent. His wife comes in. The dress, it's a, a dress for the parts. As the story goes on, he goes to the Rav and he says, Rebbe, what happened? What, what nest did you do? What miracle did you do? What mifas? So the Rav said, I didn't make any mifas. It's very simple. You're a tailor. Whether you're good or not, I don't know. But obviously, you're not such a bad tailor. You made clothes. The first time when you made clothes, you made them with the tail in one hand and the needle in the other hand. You put in hearts and there was chen. And he brought down the famous chazal, Esther Yerakrakis Hoysa. Esther had a, had a, 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 a greenish complexion, Kavayoch. And the Goyen says, it says Esther was beautiful, so the Goyen says because from the Tsar of having to go in Achashverosh's home. But when she finally got to Achashverosh, she had a greenish, ugly complexion. She had chen. When you first made these clothes, there was chen. A half a year later, when you became the grand tailor of the parrots, it lost all its chen. And it was ugly work because you're not that good of a tailor. When you sewed it over again, but that's a broken heart. Again with a tilim in the hand. Those same stitches were made with chen. And once it's made with chen, with heart, the same stitches can be also beautiful. This is a story that I heard from my father, Zangazun, that used to tell us this story very often when we were babies. And I feel right by side. When, when I sat at many gatherings and I spoke... And I heard, if we can say one word, what's the ta'elis of these gatherings? To hear chidushim? Well, many times I participated in seminars for non-religious Jews. And you talked about Shabbos, you opened their eyes. You talk about Yiddishkeit, every word was new, every word was beautiful. When you talk to a, a, a Haredish Jew, when you talk to a person who was brought up in Torah and Yerushalayim, and the question is, what are we missing? What are we missing? We keep Shabbos. Our children of Mechunich, the best schools. Baruch Hashem, we keep all the mitzvahs. We daven, we learn. Whether it's a dafayim or it's a shi every day. Of course, there's always room for becoming better. There's always room to become better. But what's our real problem? Our real problem is those very same stitches, that very same Shabbos, that very same Kashrus, that very same Yiddish, Erlich, beautiful Yiddish home, those very same stitches, comes a day when we have to renew them, not make changes. Baruch Hashem, we all live wonderful Yiddish lives. But the same stitch is their chen, is their appreciation. Like the Bezreel always says, a robar Jew or an excited Jew. The same candle lighting, the same shachras, the same sending children to cheder, the same enjoying Yiddish married life. It can be with Yiddishkeit, with Chinuch, with training that we have, we all have, Baruch Hashem. It can be with an appreciation, with a chen, with attachment to HaKadosh Baruch. Or it can be the same stitches. And therefore, missing all these beautiful ingredients. And therefore we are so, how should we say it? looking for something which they, like they say, which we didn't lose, always complaining, not chas v'shalom complaining, in our own lives, always lacking. And the truth is that we, the happiness that we're looking for, each and every one of us in our lives, is right within the stitches of the life that we enjoy every day.
Just a month ago, we passed the most beautiful days of the year. Yerecha is Sonim. The month of the strong. A Sonim refers to Avraham Yitzhak Vyankif, a Sonim Haaretz. It is a, the month, Chedesh Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, Seresi Mitchuvah, Yom Kippur, the greatest day of the year. Erev Sukkot, Sukkot, Hashanah, Rabbis, and Chastir. Now, there is something I'd like to try to explain in my, in my own feeling. What actually is lacking after Yom Kippur that we need a Sukkot? We know that the cycle of the year is actually a ladder. In today's parish we have a, a, a sulam, which is the feet on the ground, and the ladder starts on Pesach, when Am Yisrael becomes, becomes a born people, Am we go out of Mitzrayim, our Bar Mitzvah is on Shavuos, that's when you get Torah. And the great chasna Kavayochul, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is on Sukkot. That's the chuppah. And of course the chasna before the chasna, the kalah before the chasna, they have chuvah. And that's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Now what really is lacking? That after Yom Kippur, we have to go on the ladder of Sukkot. I think we remember the feeling that we had on Yom Kippur. We started off with the Aslichas, the excitement, the beauty of Aslichas. Rosh Hashanah, the Shoifer, Aserasi Meitshuva. And Yom Kippur, we went from Madrega to Madrega until the Ila when every Jew said the, the word. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, but that was the Shema Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu seven times. And all of a sudden, when we reached the epitome of greatness, of Dvekus to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, starts a whole new marach, a marach of Sukkot. And it's interesting, we start off with the air of Sukkot. The four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, and Chazal tell us that Sukkot is called Yom Rishon the first day, Rishon L'Chesh Ben That's the first day we do our various. Erev Sukkot is no Averis. Who has time to Averis? You're running around, you're building a Sukkot, you're looking for a little look for Nesrik. Well, in modern generation, everything is so fast, we have time to Averis Erev Sukkot also. But that's not, it's not correct. It's not correct. Because if Chazal tells us, it's it means that these four wonderful days are actually Mufka from Avoynes. It's a days that, that, that there, are no, there, are, there are no sins. The dvekas and the, the closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that there, <coughs> there are no Averis. And then we start a Sukkot. And day after day, with His greatness and His beauty. But what was missing after Yom Kippur? Can we, can we <laughs> compare these wonderful days to that great day of Yom Kippur? We all remember. And the Torah says, Dishu Hashem Imotze does not refer to Sukkot. It refers to Yom Kippur. Until we come to the most wonderful day of the year, which is Simchas Ter. What is the idea of Simchas Ter? What was lacking in Yom Kippur? Now, I'd like to explain it in my own words. The idea is as follows. If you walk into a home, you're not going to do you walk into a home. You see a woman standing in front of a frying pan and making a fried egg. I'm becoming very, very, very precise. I'm making the frame very, very small. A woman standing in front of a frying pan making a fried egg. Now, you have an appreciation for this picture. Obviously, she's a finer mensch. She's making a fried egg. Is there a difference in the understanding of this simple picture, if she's a mama fanakint, a mama fanakint, a mother of a child, 
that the child is in a hurry to get to Cheder. And he says, no, I'm in a hurry, the Rebbe is going to be late. And the says, I'll give you a note, but eat it Friday because it's healthy for you, you need it. So it's And she's in a hurry, she's making a Friday. Or, if it's a dinst, if it's a, a, a maid, that the Balabas, look the fire, she shouldn't be bishalakum. And the Yingle of Gaina Cheder, and she's making a Friday. Is it the same picture? Is there anyone in the audience that can describe the difference of the picture? I, if there is, then please, I'm not the one to do the job. Please come up and take over. Words are pale to explain the difference in the picture. Now let us, if she's a mate, could you call her dedicated? Yes. Could you say that she does it with love? Yes. Dedicated, dedicated, love, love, but it's not the same. Dedicated, not the same love. It's a different picture. There's some ingredient inside that makes the difference. Whether it's, whether if, if a cake is baked by a balabasta, the wife of the home, the covered Shabbos, or the cake is baked by the maid, the covered Shabbos. Yom Kippur is the epitome of greatness, of dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is called in the Yiddish language, Yamim, days of Yirashamayim. When we express our dedication to the Torah, our Shema Yisrael Hashem Shemechot, with its greatness as possible. When the Ina comes, we have fasted all day, and we say with outright words, I'm willing not to eat and not to drink. All I want is just the appreciation of And this is the greatness of a Jew. But it doesn't describe with what feeling the Yid does this all. It can still be commercial. It can still be something that he does it can still be in a give and take surface. Because a Yid knows, and Baruch Hashem we all know, that there is no beneficent job, job is not the right word, as learning Torah. We were taught by our mothers, by our mothers Baruch Hashem put us to sleep with the words, Torah is the best is Chayra. And we are old enough to know that Torah is the best Ashur. That is only happiness in a year of, of a Shemeshabbos too. There's only happiness in a home where the Torah is being kept with its beauty. And everything we do with its greatest Shlemus can still be commercial. Can still be without this heart which we start getting on Sukkot. When Sukkot comes, we are much lower in our maizim and our understanding than on Yom Kippur. And in our homes we see it. You'll find a maid more dedicated than the wife in the house. But it's a different belt. It's different. She's dedicated and she, she'll do it better and the fine koch will come out better and the cake will come out better. Oh, but when the mommy does it, when the wife of the home does it, there is a pesakoch, there is something cooking inside. There is a different kind of a love. It is a different kind of a communication. It is a communication which cannot be expressed in words. It's different. And this communication to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, this is what we start on Sukkot. And the days before Sukkot are days of Yerush and Lachesh ben Avonis. There's no Averis in those days. Now, excuse me for saying, I think we have time to do Averis. I think that in, in, in previous years, they also had time to do Averis. Plenty of Bittal Torah. And when you're middle of Ekka's Sukkot, you're looking for an Esri, the davening is shot to pieces, and the brachas are shot to pieces. Plenty of Averis. And there's no dimion, no comparison to the greatness that we had three days ago, to the greatness we have these days before Sukkot. 
But in these days, we're excited. We're looking for a nest. We're looking for a lulav. It starts, lots of ahava. It starts cooking love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We become even less dedicated and less exact and less precise in our maizim. But it's like a chosn before the chas. You ever see a chosn before the chas? A kal before the chasnet. In ganzim mishigin, nisha davant, nisha learned. But he's excited. He's busy. And we're we're erev chasnet. We're excited about our etzik, about our lulav. In these days, a kodesh baruch says, "There's no averus." In these days, there's no averus. The kal doesn't see any averus on the chosn. The chosn doesn't see any averus in the kal. It's erev chasnet. This we're going. They're going out. Kavayachol. It's, it's the days when you don't see any chesrenes. It's The excitement is great. And then Sukkot, we start the chasinah. And again, Sukkot is no comparison to Yom Kippur. No comparison to Rosh Hashanah. The greatness of the Jew on Rosh Hashanah in his dedication and his maizim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a million times greater than Sukkot. But on Sukkot, it's kaviyochel, it's a, it's a chub. It's a man and wife dedication. It's a completely different kind of feeling. It's Hashem It's the same fine kochen, but this time it's by a loving mama. It's something different completely. It's less precise and less exact and smaller and more casual. But it's with feeling. It's 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 it's. In the expression of the Rambam, the Rambam says, he writes in the Perador, it's the safe of the Rambam, Chuvas. He says, I swear to you by Hashem, he says, that all the knowledge that I had, Rambam was a philosopher and a doctor in astronomy and philosophy, they were cooks and cleaning ladies. Ammonites, Moabites, and the Torah was Ayelas Ahovyalas Khain. The Torah was by me. This is my love. And this is this is this was the Gevira. This is the man and wife communication. And the Torah itself, you have these two kinds of communications. We can keep the whole Torah. We can keep every mitzvah. With utmost precise, precision, utmost dedication. Like a maid from Amoin, from Moyov. Dedicated, correct, Torah, mitzvish, limud, everything, stoker, everything, whatever you want. Chinuch. Missing, it's missing something. And we can keep the Torah. Sometimes maybe even less. But it's Ayala Sahovim Vyalas Khen. It's with feeling. It's 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 why Shlemahamelach Varashir Hashirim. Kol Hashirim Kaidish. Vishir Hashirim Kaidish Kadoshim. It's to put the Kedusha within the Kedusha. Of course it's Kedusha. But to put the Kedusha within the Kedusha. Like the story we said in the beginning. The same stitch. But to put Chain into the stitch. And if we come together these three wonderful days. What your object is I don't know. But what I appreciated in the last many times that I participated. Not many Kedushim. And I, as one of the lecturers, try to give as Don't give Musar. Don't tell people what to do. Just to try to show ourselves what beauty and what feeling we can find in these same maizim that we do anyways every day in the day after. In English they say, a camera doesn't lie. And I always say, that's the biggest lie there ever was. Did you ever see a liar like a camera? 
That's the biggest liar. Now, I don't mean to say, I don't, I'm not personally insulted that I'm not photogenic. That's not what I mean. I mean something else completely. I'll tell you a, a, a drasha that I said. I was in Mansi for a short while, and it was Zil's yeshiva. And there's a Jew in Yushalayim, lives in Tifrach, he has a, a, a yeshiva called Hamayan in Be'er Sheva. At that time, I had a program for learning Yiddishkeit in the prisons. In Israeli prisons in Be'er Sheva, it's a big prison. And he came to America to make money. He made a little, ga- a little parlor, parlor meeting one Sunday morning. I happened to be in Mansi. I lived nearby in Israel. I know the place. I was there. I, I had spoken in the prison. And he didn't uh, invite me to come. I wasn't insulted. But I barged in. I barged in. And I said, I, I want to speak. I don't do, usually do that. And just before I, when I came in, there was a video playing. And he was showing on the video how these prisoners, how these Yidin are sitting and learning Torah. And I said, Rabbi Sai, you just saw a long table, people sitting and learning Torah. And America, they say a camera doesn't lie. I'm going to show you two pictures. I'm going to show you two pictures and tell me if a camera lies. Here's a picture of a man giving a glass of soda to another. Here's a picture of a man giving a glass of soda to another. It's not the same man, but it's almost the same picture. I'm going to tell you the story of this picture. I'm going to tell you the story of this picture. This picture was taken on Rechov Rebekiv and B'nei A man walked into a restaurant, Baruch Hashem, he has money in his pocket, and he ordered a, a meal. You want fish? Then fish. A fish, with tosafot, additions. You have schnitzel, you have meat. Eat meat. Kompot. Baruch Hashem. And then the meal, he says, he drank out of bottle of soda. You have, give me another bottle of soda. The waiter came, put in a glass of soda, and snapped the picture. Here's his picture. A fellow giving another one a glass of soda. True picture, 100%. The second picture was taken on the way from Yerucham to Yam HaMelech. When you pass by from Yerucham HaMelech, you pass by on 30 miles of desert land. And here, what happened was a fellow came and his car broke down. And it was Arbaim uh, Malot over here. It's called 100 degrees, 102 degrees, 103 degrees. He had nothing to drink in the car. And, the, and it, was, it was a bad situation. He's standing around there. For two hours. It's a desert land. A car goes by once every three hours. A fellow comes by in a car and he half faintingly hails him and he says, Would you give me something to drink, first of all? And he takes out a glass of soda and he puts it into his glass. I snapped a picture. And here you have two pictures. Is this the same picture up by his side? <laughs> here a man is getting a glass of soda. And here a man is getting a glass of soda. Is it the same picture? Does the camera lie? The camera is a lie. Because the camera cannot express the difference between this picture and this picture. It's not the same picture. And I said, Rabbi Sai, wish you see a picture of a Yid teaching Jews, learning Torah. This is beautiful. This could be in Bnei Brak. This could be in, in Lakewood. This could be in Mansi. This could be in Yushalayim. Or it could be in Beersheva. When people are sitting for the worst convictions imaginable... Never heard a Yiddish word. And people go in and teach them Torah. Against odds. I mean, I, I was there. People that, stones, stoned hearts and stoned minds. And you open them up. And out of year, after years of work, you finally built a yeshiva. that's called Yeshiva Tabetzar. And you're teaching Torah. It's the same video. It's the same picture. It's not the same picture. It's something else completely. A picture needs hearts. And the same is true with Jewish life. You could take a picture of a Yiddish mama sending off a child to Cheder. And you could take a picture of a Yiddish mama sending off a child to Cheder. That's not the same picture. 
It's not the same picture. Are you the Shemama Ketzeva for Chal Techeder as a chore? It is a nudnik. What's the hint that I feel? The Rebbe Mizug, the Rebbe Mizug, what's up to the Rebbe? Nama Tzetl Gaishef and Danat. Nama Nechapa Pretzels. Or Yiddish Imamah Kisano for children to cheder with the realization that this is a mysterious that started Moshe Kibble Torah in Sinai. Or Mesorah the Yeshua. Or Yeshua the Nevin. Levin is Canaan. This went through 40 doras until Rav Ashi and went. It went. This chain was, was continuous in the bunkers, in the inquisitions, in Eretz Yisrael, in Bovel, in Modai, until it came down to Borough Park, New York. And this is part of this Mesodus. And I give my English name a bissel pretzels. Olerin Torah. And this is attaching to him to Kuchabrichu. And the Koilus who broke him. And, the, and, and everything that went on with Har Sinai goes into these pretzels. Never bristle pretzels. And gay learn Torah. This is a mama. This is a mama. This is a yingle. This is a yingle. The same picture. It's not the same picture. The same seams, the same threads, the same stitches can be stitched with chen, can be stitched as a professional. There is a Pasik in Sefer Shmuel. I'm talking with a little bit of emotions. I could say it. A beautiful, I love this Pasik. <laughs> a beautiful Pasik. The Pasik describes David HaMelech. And David HaMelech says, Whoever will, will make, will conquer the Yavusi. One of the nations in, in, in Eretz Yisrael. Es ha-chigrim ivrim soinei nefesh David. The lame and the blind that David hated. And Chazal tell us what this is all about. This nation were plishtim. And they were descendants, great-grandchildren from Avimelech. And they were not afraid of, of Am Yisrael. Not afraid of the Jewish people. Why? Avram Avinu said, made a shvuot to Avimelech. Im tishkar li ulanini ulanechti. If you will, tishkar li ulanini ulanechti, to my child, my, grand, my great-grandchild. And they had a promise from Avram Avinu that as long as it, once every many years, they used to have, used to make a ball, a grand ball, party. And they used to take a lame person, someone who was lame, who used to, was a kehinkin. And they used to take a blind person. And they rode the blind person on the lame person, and he was dancing around, and everyone would beat him up. Everyone would hit them. This was their party. Who was the lame person? This was making fun of Yanka Favini. He was limping. And who was the blind? Yitzchak. They would make fun of Yitzchak and Yankif. They would take a blind person, this is Yitzchak, and take a lame person, this is Yankif, and ride one to the other, and beat them up. We're not afraid of the Jews. These were the people that David hated. Now what's so beautiful about this Pasuk? You know what's so beautiful? I want to tell you, when I saw this Pasuk the first time, it caught my surprise. A blind, who was blind? Yitzchak, Yitzchak is blind? I never heard Yitzchak is blind. I knew that Yitzchak, that his eye, he couldn't see. Because when he was lying on that kade, the Malachim were crying. I never associated Yitzchak such a picture of a blind guy. This was never the picture that I had. Yitzchak, his eyes were so full of Kedusha. The Malachim at the put in such Kedusha to his eyes. Did you ever go into a ballroom 
And just for a second, you see a chandelier, which is crystal beautiful. And you're caught by it. You don't see anything else. When Yitzchak was lying on that kader, and he saw the beauty of the malachim, of the greatness, he was in Yenevelt. After that day, he never was able to see not a sun, not a moon. He was never, he, his eyes were so caught by Kedusha. He couldn't see anything anymore. He wouldn't look at anything. That's what I know. Now you could take the whole Yitzchak of Inu, And you could say, eh, he's blind. It never occurred to me that he's blind. It's the same picture. Yankov was lame. I both say, I never knew Yankov was lame. I never knew it. I knew that Yankov Avinu met a Malach. And he fought with Sarishel Esav. And Chazal say, Vayovek, the, 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 the dust went up till Kisi HaKovid. And this was the fight till the end of generations. This was the fight that we had in, 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 in every country. All the gold, this is the fight of the Golas. And Chazal said that the Malach caught him. There will be a day where there will be inquisitions. There will be a holocaust. This is what the Malach got Yankiv. As soon as the morning comes, Mashiach comes, we're going to come. I know all this. To take all the beauty of Yankiv Havinu and say, as I think it You can paint the pictures but as, however you want it. You can paint the same picture. You can take Yitzchak Avinu. And you, could, and you could make Yitzchak Avinu how we know Yitzchak Avinu. That he's, he's, he's still with the Malachim. You could take Yaakov Avinu and you could make them for Ablindim Matahinkadik. Soinei Nefesh David. This David couldn't take. To take such beauty, such greatness, and to sell it for so cheap, to make such a cheap picture out of it, this is tiny nefesh David. This is the worst. And this is one of the biggest problems we have in our lives. We live such beauties, such depths, and it turns into such cheapness. We're so unappreciative of the riches that we have, and it turns into... Let's talk more about Pashas HaShavua. There's a trembling posse in Pashas HaShavua. Vayishak Yaakov Verochel. And I'm a professionally a mechanach. Alavaya should be a mechanach, professionally mechanach. And many times Bachi asked me, what is this? What is this? What is this? And the answer, I said, if you'd go to Choran, You'd go to Syria, and you'd come to a bare mine, and you'd see a Sefer Torah. See a Sefer Torah. What would you do? You wouldn't go over and give a kiss? You'd go over and give a kiss. But you can kush a Sefer Torah. But you shake your hand, give the rach. You saw a Sefer Torah. He saw a Sefer Torah. It's as simple as that. But the Royim, the shepherds over there, Chazal tell us, they said, it wasn't our kasha, it's their kasha. They said to Medrash, Pritzis at the Machnis What's going on here? What is this? They saw a picture. And the Pasik says, Vayikra loikel elokei Yisrael. And Chazal say that elokei Yisrael called Yankov Kale. Yankov Kaviochl was Kale, was Kaviochl was God, godly. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is called Kale of the Kale Yisrael. The Hashem of Hashem of Yaakov. Yaakov himself was Kale. And he saw Rachel Imenu, and he pissed out of crying. Why did he cry? Says Rashi. Because he's not going to be buried with her. Could you imagine a boy and a girl in such a position? That's all he has to think about where he's going to be buried? Because he saw till the end of days. And this was this was now, Rabbi Sai, I'm talking very explicit, maybe too explicit. Our Mishpacha life, and we were told, and we heard it by Hashem Brachas, and we heard it before Hashem Brachas. A man, a husband, a wife, it's a chavitz of mitzvah, it's a sefer Torah. In today, in modern life, and I don't mean modern Goyesha life, 
I mean modern Yiddish life. In modern Yiddish life, excuse me the expression, I'm not talking against anybody, maybe against myself. In modern Yeshivish life, a Bocha gets married, this is the day that he's going to solve all his problems. First of all, he's going to get a set up with a deer. He's going to have Panosif all the rest of his life. He's going to get a balabuster. He's going to get a shena. She's going to be lively and intelligent and fun. Uh, excuse me, because my, my English is schwach. All his problems are going to be solved. He wants a good family. A shtikon He set himself up till the end of generations. He figured out exactly how to marry his eneklach. And if he doesn't do that, that's his gute bocher. And the Kala, the same thing. If she's worth a penny, then she set herself up with all her problems till the end of days. We were taught a safer turret. If it has a beautiful preiches, wonderful. And if all of a sudden the preiches fades, you throw it out of the house. The safer turret is a safer turret. And what happens all of a sudden when the preiches of our safer turret start fading away? And marriage life starts continuing a few years later. And the gold isn't so golden. And the silk isn't so silken. Then, we start thinking of exchanging. It's a safer Torah, Rabbi Zayn. Again, again, the same picture. We know, we, know, we know the score. We went to Yeshiva. We went to Beis Yankif. We know, we know what it means to get married. And there's nothing wrong with the Sefer Torah, it's beautiful. But, but let us decide. Let us decide, is, 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 is married life a hechetimtza of shloisha shutfim yesh ba'odam? HaKadosh Baruch Hu Is a man or a wife a utensil to become attached with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? To make this kesher? Or is it a parechas? Or is it a parechas? We know that the kala is supposed to be dressed beautiful, the chas is supposed to have a nice tie, it's a parechas. But there's ksav within the parechas. There's kedusha within the parechas. And way after the parechas fades. And here's the shaila. The same stitches. The same Torah that we know. The question is, is this, these drushes, these speeches, is it real? Is it lemaisa? Is it for everyday life? Or is it good for Sheva Brachas? Is it good to talk to someone else when he has a problem? Parnosen, bitochen, subjects which we all can lecture about. Bez Rashem, we're going to hear from the Bezriya lecture on bitochen. Everyone in this audience can lecture on Bitoch. Everyone in this audience can lecture on Bitoch. But let us revise the same lecture over again. Can it be real? Can it be, can it be for me? Or can it be as a speech? Shabbos, Tefillin, Chinuch Bonim. All the subjects which we know so much about, the same, just take the same stitches, but not to exchange it for so cheap. There's so much beauty, there's so much greatness, there's so much depth in Yiddishkeit. And many times, in these last seminars, repeated a beautiful, beautiful machshav. In the end of Vayishlach, there is a parsha which the Ramchal says. Ramchal says if someone has a beautiful diamond and you have to transfer, let's say, from Legba to New York, it's worth a million. It's worth millions. What do you do? You take a Brinks, get a couple of policemen, pay a lot of money to transfer it. It might get there safely, but you're in you're, you're, it's, it's, it's a risk. Because chances are when the Ganovim see such a parade, <coughs> then they'll go ahead and get it. 
the best thing to do is to change into altishmata clothing, to find yourself an old plastic bag, make sure it's not, it doesn't have a hole in it, and fashmat it a little bit, and put it, put the diamond in, and go on the bus. Don't even take a taxi. No one will imagine that this schlepper has a, has a million dollar diamond. No one will even look at it. No one will take it. And he says, the greatest secrets in Torah are hidden in places where no one will imagine what's going on in this psuki. And the epitome of them is a parsha in the end of Parsha's Vayishlach. And it says, Eila ha-malochim asher molchu be'eretz edom lefnei meloich melech lefnei Yisrael. These are the kings that reigned in the kingdom of Edom before there was a king for the Jewish people. And the Torah describes seven kings. One is called Yoivov, Chusham, Vayimlach, Vayomos, Vayimloch, Vayomos. And the eighth one is Hadar. The eighth one is Hadar. Vayimloch Hadar. And Hadar reigned. And by Hadar, does not say Vayomus. Doesn't say Vayomus. And we have the Kabbalah from the Zerah Kaddish that the Hadar referring here is referring to Malach HaMashiach. The seven Malachim is a tamsis, is a concentrate of the history of the world. The world goes through a lot of Vayimloch Vayomus. And it's all Melech Edom, the Tzaras that Amishra will have, and the Golas, how we will come back and go us and come back until the end. And Hadar will reign. And doesn't say Vayomus because this is Melech HaMashiach. And he will reign forever. This is what it says in Ramchal. Now there is a Meredek Akasha. Again, my lips are pale to express the, the, with what trembling excitement this Kasha was asked. Because in Divrei Hayomim, the same parsha is repeated. And then it says, Vayomas Hadar, and Hadar died. Now, the Goyan says, according to Pshat, when Ezra had Hadar had already died. But Alpi Kabola, Alpi Said, if we know that Hadar is hinting to Melech HaMashiach, Hodar, the beauty, the glory of, of the Jewish people. And we know why it's called Hadar, like an Esri, Yesh Lotam, Yesh Reach. What do these words mean, Vayomos Hadar? And one of the greatest Talmidim of the Reach Kodesh, Mahari Sarug, says a Teretz with these words. He says, Ezra lo yoda bedufko delibo. Moshe yoda bedufko delibo. To translate, Ezra didn't know, it doesn't mean he didn't know, I'll soon explain it, that the heart is beating. And Moshe knew the heart is beating. Now, to translate this into a marshal, this is, my, this is already, Adkan, what, what it says. Let me explain to this in my words. There was once a king that had a one and only son. Now, we'll know who the king is, the king will be HaKadosh Baruch one also be Am Yisrael. And it's unnecessary to express what, how precious, and this was all the, the want of the king that this son should be, should grow and to become, take over the Malucha. The son took sick and became very sick and went into a coma until finally one day the doctors came in and said, Adoni HaMelech, Almighty King, your son died. Died. Well, usually stories don't go that way. But if he died, he died. Nothing to do. He died. But there was one doctor who came and says, No. I listened to the heart. There is still a heartbeat. He's not dead. All the doctors say he's dead. I listened. He's not dead. And this is what the Torah tells us. A day will come when Ezra Seifer will give witness with Nevoah, that there will be a mara, there will be a picture, that Vayomos Hadar, 
the beauty and the hope, the greatness of Jewish people die. Moshe Rabbeinu tells us, Moshe Yoda Badufka Deliba. Moshe Rabbeinu tells us the heart is still beating. Rabbi Sai, if we'll ask one of us, Dibus Afayna Yid, Yo, you're a nice Jewish man, yes. You keep a nice Jewish home, yes. Like your ancestors? No, no not, not, not like that. Why? How does Nishtamo? Today is not way, way back. Let us translate it. Vayomos Hadar. Hadar, the beauty of the Jewish people. This died. Vayomos Hadar. Yelaska Yiddish Tochter. You keep a Yiddish home? Yes. Like, like, like your great grandmother. Vayomos Hadar. Hadar, the beauty, the ancient beauty. Of a Yiddish kind, the chen, of a Yiddish mishpacha, of married life between Yiddish kind, of of appreciation for Torah, for davening, of bechlal, I will look in life. Hadar, this beauty, Vayomas died, and here Moshe Rabbeinu comes and says, Moshe yoda bedufka deliba. Moshe gives witness that the heart is still beating. We can revive the beauty and the true beauty of Elach Yiddishkeit. The way, the way it should be, it's in pure, it's pure picture. Hadar didn't die. And how do we do it? And here's where I want to put in a personal note. As I started this lecture, after 31 seminars, I got the message. Finally got the message. And I'm not telling anyone to get the message. But one of the messages, everyone should get his own message. In my own personal life, I got the realization that one of the most fundamental, one of the most fundamental foundations of Yiddishkeit is this that we were discussing today, Be'ez Hashem. The inner feeling. It's, it's, Yiddishkeit, I don't know how to say it, is not commercial. It's not just mitzvahs and averis. It's just, it's, it's not just do a mitzvah and get a schar. And the schar will be great. The schar will be endless. The schar will be eternal. The schar will be elam haba. This is not, this is not yet Yiddishkeit. Maybe this is Yiddishkeit, but till after Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur we do tshuva. And we do, we, we say after the Shani Bagadnu, this is the epitome that we can reach after Yom Kippur. And then starts a new phrase. A new part in Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit kaviyochu is toichei rotsuv av. Tzeno ureeno. Yiddishkeit is a sukkah. A sukkah which is embedded with av. It's burning with love to HaKadosh Baruch. And av. And our, what is our, our ikatavkid on sukkahs? Our ikatavkid on sukkahs is, look at the parasha, you'll see every day different karbonas. Seventy parim. And the first day is fourteen. And the second day is thirteen, excuse me. The second day is twelve. And then eleven. And it keeps on going down. And this is to emphasize that the goy, there are seventy nations. To emphasize that what is the word of sukkis? The word of sukkis is to get the goy out of the house. To get the goy out of the house. And when you walk into sukkis, he was there. He was rakochis, he was cleaning, he was in the house, but he was involved in your civilization. You were involved in his civilization. And you start off with 13, you went down to 12, and sukkis until you came to Shemini Atzeris. What happened to Shemini Atzeris? Par echot. Ayel echot. HaKadosh Baruch says, I am one. And you are one. Let us get together. Su'udoktana. And he takes the Sefer Torah and holds it close to him and kisses it. That's what Yiddishkeit, that's, that's the epitome of Yiddishkeit. Of course he's not in the, in the excitement of Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur there was no Averis is clean. He was white clean. But Ashmini Atzeris, even if he had Averis, no one looks at his Averis. Because there's love. 
Because there's, there's, there's a different kind of communication. And this communication is built on privacy. On yichud. And yichud means to take the guy and everything he emphasizes, everything he teaches, keep him out of the house. Keep your house clean, just you and HaKadosh Baruch Just you and HaKadosh Baruch And, and Be'ez Hashem, the next three days, there will be a lot of discussions. And this will be one of them. And after, after many times of hearing it, and, and I, lately I tried, I tried it on myself. Pashat, I live in Israel, and there's Iraq, and there's, there's, there's what's going on, there's politics, and there's a world, there's a world. To try to keep away from things, just keep into Yiddishkeit, just keep into Torah. I don't want to elaborate too much because I don't want to give any, any halakha lemais. It will be discussed further days. And all of a sudden, I don't know if I became great or if I became higher, but things just turned different. Everything started becoming three-dimensional. Because it's, 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 it's with different cheshik, it's with different av, it's with different... Things change. Hadar, the past beauty. One of the greatest differences today of, our, of, our, of, of ancient Yiddishkeit is the physical difference of... of, of of communication. Way back the Yid knew, he knew HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he knew himself, he knew his family, that's all he knew. And today we have a whole world. Hadar, Rabbi Yisai, is living. Our tafkir is to find Hadar. This beauty. And again, I'm going to end with, the, with, with this message. The same message I started with. This beauty is not something that we don't have within us. Not that we don't have within us. That we don't practice practically every day. We all have it. We are taught. Yemeyohanavi said, Could you imagine words, Rabbi Isai? Is there anyone here who could explain these words? Those that hold on to the Torah, Lo Yidu'in, don't know me. <laughs> who knows you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if not those who learn Torah? And what does it say in the Torah? <laughs> it's hard for me to, to, to express myself. Lo Yidu'in means, if I know somebody, if I know somebody, let's take a guy, let's call him Yankel. If anyone is here called Yankel, I don't mean him. If I know Yankel, and there's a big portrait in my house, and Yankel is on the wall, and there's Yankel, Shalom Aleichem Yankel, Vasmachta Yankel, how are you Yankel? If it's a portrait, if it's a picture, if it's a philosophy, it's not a true living entity. It's not a Lakim Chaim. It's not a personality Kavayochal that we have Shaykhis with, that you can talk to, that you can love Kavayochal, that loves us. The whole Yiddish cat can become a picture, it can become a sculpture. It's a beautiful picture. But what's about the life in the picture? Yiddishkeit is a neshama. Yiddishkeit is rots of avo. The same Yiddishkeit, the same tefillin, the same Shabbos, the same chinuch, the same mishpocha life, the same blat gemara. To find, to realize that it's living and it's beautiful. It says in Pasuk, When you want to give a compliment, the Torah says a compliment. You're as beautiful as a person. What's the most beautiful thing in the, in the creation? There's a lot of beauties. I was never in Switzerland. They say that the, the, the view is beautiful, they say. There's a lot of beauties. What's the most beautiful thing in the, in the creation? most beautiful creation is a, is, a, is a human being, a person, a baby, someone you love. What's so beautiful about it? 
because it's living. There is chain on your lips. The picture, the parachis, mele. There is adam. There is it's it's human. It's it's living. It's a nefesh. It's a neshama. Yiddishkeit is as beautiful kaviyachal as as, as an adam, because Yiddishkeit that's the true adam. Hashem is barach kaviyachal. Kaviyachal, excuse the expression. Kodesh Baruch Hu is living. Kail chai v'kayom, chai. Yiddishkeit is not to be practiced. Yiddishkeit is to be lived. The same Yiddishkeit, the same mitzvahs, the same Torah. And when it starts living, everything changes. And all of a sudden, things that were so important aren't so important. Things that we thought that the end of the world, it's not the end of the world. Things that we thought that we can't shun them isn't so important because it's in a shaman. This is the object of what we will be speaking about these three days, Rabbi said. And it doesn't matter if you find it in the seminar, you find it that it's completely unimportant. This is the Nakuda that every year has to find in his life. This is it. To live Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit should become Teicherotz of Av. We don't have to find, we have to go far and wide, far to find it. But Hashem, we have it within us. Kodesh should give us, we should hear this heartbeat, this Hadar, this beauty, the beauty that kept us going so many thousands of years. Today in our modern generation, everything became so synthetic. Everything just turned into, into everything so commercialized. Our Yiddishkeit, let us, let us keep it alive. Let us keep it exciting. It's a love, it's an it's, it's a ava. It's an excitement. The moment you put life into Yiddishkeit, then we come, double to the Kim Chaim, because the Bokhu should help us.